So this morning, I am uh, I'm filling in for for Pastor Mark. They, he of course asked me to to stand in for him, and uh, I have to say this this is such a, a an honor and it's such a cool thing because. It, some of you might not know this, but at a lot of churches, um, usually the youth guy doesn't get a whole lot of uh, a sermon time. They don't, they don't let him up here a whole lot. They're just like, you, you know, stay back to your area, and that's your thing. Do whatever. Just keep them kids quiet. So uh, it's really neat to be, to be a youth pastor and be able to, to preach to the adult congregation. It's also very terrifying, too. So if I, if I mess up or if I stumble or something like that, you know, what is, you know what's happening. Um, this morning, we are going to be in... Exodus chapter 3. So if you want to go there with me, let's all turn there. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 3. And we're going to be, we're going to be reading quite a bit of sermon or quite a bit of, uh, of text this morning. I know Brian last week, he just did like one verse or one word. I forget he did like, he was such a minimalist with what he's doing. I have to use a lot of text. So we're going to read a whole bunch. Okay. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 3. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight why the bush is consumed and not burned. And the Lord saw that he turned aside to see and God called him out of the bush. Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. Then he said, do not come near, but take your sandals off your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am God of your father, the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac. And the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, and he was afraid to look at God. Then God said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters, and I know their sufferings. And I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land to a good and a broad land. Let's stop right there. Let's pray real quick before we go any further. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, Lord, I'm asking that you would give me the words this morning, Lord, that you would, um, that you would bring the message that, that needs to be spoken, Lord, not a message I've prepared, but a message that you have prepared. And Father God, I pray that each and every heart would be, would be focused, would be attentive, and Lord, that we would, uh, we would move in the direction that, that your Holy Spirit is leading. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So um, just to kind of catch up the speed, in case some of you aren't, aren't exactly familiar with, uh, with the story of Moses, before Moses was a shepherd, he was, he was adopted into royalty. And he was in royalty for a while, but, but the rest of his people, the Israelites, were slaves. And, and Moses, one day, while he's out and about, he sees an Egyptian taskmaster beating one of his people. And he gets mad and kills him. Word gets out, word spread that, that Moses had killed this guy because he, he'd killed him and he tried to bury him in the sand and tried to hide it because a lot of times that's what we do and we sin and we, we, try to, we try to cover it up. We try to make sure no one sees it. So he, he buried the Egyptian, the taskmaster that he killed, and he left the city to go out to the countryside to become a shepherd. And he's doing a shepherding thing. This is in verse 3, what we just read. He's doing a shepherding thing. He's looking after his sheep. And, and he encounters this burning bush. And this bush is there. It's on fire, but it's not being consumed. So, so it's not your everyday sort of thing. And if you can imagine how boring it is to be a shepherd, you're going to check out just about anything you see that's not a sheep. All right? He encounters this burning, this burning bush out there while he's, while he's doing his, his boring job. And I think it's, I think it's kind of interesting if, if you look at that and you just examine that in itself, is that 
God oftentimes will, will interact with us. God oftentimes will, will speak to us, not during a heightened moment, not during a heightened season, not during Moses being royalty, not during when he was in his frustration and getting ready to murder. God visited Moses during the mundane moments of his life, during the mundane part of his life where he was just out there shepherding and he was alone. Might also speak to the quietness, the hustle and bustle that we deal with each and every day. We have all this stuff going on. We're so connected. We have cell phones. We have social networking. We're so connected. And there's so much noise. We're so connected to all these things. And there's so much noise that sometimes you just have to get away. So no better place than to be out there in a field with a bunch of sheep. They're not going to be talking to you. But God certainly can. And there in verse 6, God tells him, and this is something that, that just kind of piqued my interest. God commands him, Take off your shoes. You're on, you're on holy ground. Now, how many of you have a relative that, that makes you take off your shoes when you get to their house? Like this is the nice room. You don't wear your shoes in here. Yeah. Where's Carrie Nussmeyer at? I, I, hers was a favorite. I went, I went to her house for her O group and she just had a sign on the door. Take off your shoes. <laughs> and I appreciate that, that she did that because sometimes I'm not for sure if I'm supposed to. And if I'm not for sure, and I do it, I just look like a slob. You're like, well, Logan's certainly making himself at home. He just takes off his shoes. As soon as... <laughs> so if I ever come to your house and I take off my shoes, don't think anything of it. I just think I'm supposed to because I see a pile of shoes over there by the door. Okay? So we're clear. Um, let's go... Um, Let's go into verse 9 there and, and verse 10. And, and now behold, the cry of the people, the Israelites, has come to me. This is God talking to Moses. The cry of the Israelites has come to me. And I have seen the oppression of which the Egyptians oppress them. Come and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring the people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. The Israelites, I had to look this up. I had to research this when I was preparing for the sermon. The Israelite children had been in captivity. They had been slaves for 400 years. Very, very, very long time. And if you think back in the history of our country, I think it's like 1600s, I think we were probably like looking at pilgrim stuff going on then, you know, first Thanksgiving and all that. Can you imagine how, if the Israelite children had career day, can you imagine how boring that would have been? Mom, slave. Dad, slave. Grandma, slave too. Grandpa. Even Ancestry.com would have been boring. <laughs> Looked it up. Grandpa was a slave. Great-grandpa was a slave. 400 years of being slaves. So you, you consider that for a second. And the idea, even the notion that, that their people could be free would seem so abstract. It would seem so foolish to even think of that. People, these people could be free? No, 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 no. As far as I can remember, as far as grandma and grandpa can remember, we have been slaves and we are proud because we're slaves. Man, you didn't like that one. Okay. <laughs> and then here is Moses. Moses has just had all this stuff happen to him in these, in these past years. He was royalty. He fell from royalty. He killed a man. He left town and now he's a shepherd. And now God is showing up in his life saying, I'm going to use you to change everything. I'm going to use you to set these people free. 
Everything that you know about your people, I'm going to change it all. And you're going to help me. You imagine Moses, Moses, you know, at one moment he's, he's shepherding sheep. And then the next moment he's having a conversation with, with God through a burning bush. And God's telling him, uh, no, you're not going to be slaves anymore. I'm going to change this. In verse 11, Moses starts that, starts that out saying, who am I? And I have to think that he's considering his past, his reputation. People know about Moses. They know about the spoiled rich kid that was royal, that killed a guy and then left. He ran off. He didn't even stand punishable for his crimes. Moses is pleading with God, who am I? How could I ever talk to Pharaoh? How could I ever go back into town? They can't see my face. No one's going to listen to me. I have your reputation. I've done things. God's simple reply, I'll be there with you. And Moses, at, the, at this point with this conversation, Moses, he, he's trying desperately to disqualify himself to God. And he's, he's hinting at, at everything that he's done in his, his past. And he even starts declaring, he says, well, I don't even speak well. I can't even talk very well. And I think we have a tendency to do that same thing. We, we, feel, we feel the Holy Spirit leading us. We feel God leading us to do something, to get involved in a ministry that, let's face it, we're not very good at. Maybe it's kids' ministry, and you, for whatever reason, you don't like kids. I'm there with you. Them little ones, I like the big ones, but the little ones terrify me. You don't know what they're going to do. They have jumped off roofs before thinking they can fly. You don't know. They're so unpredictable. Teenagers are unpredictable also, but within a certain reason. You can kind of guess what they're going to do. You can kind of see. They're on Facebook, and they put it on there, so you, you kind of know. I'm on there, I know, even though I don't post, I watch. I'm always lurking. And our teens know that. So mom and dad, if you're not on there and I'm friends with your kid, I got you covered, okay? I'll be your lookout. I ain't no snitch, but I got you covered. Declaring weaknesses. He's trying to get out of it. He's trying to disqualify himself. God, I can't do this. God, I'm, I'm the wrong person. I'm the wrong person for the job. I can't, I'm not good at this stuff. I've never done that. I have no experience in that area. And maybe this morning, God is, is reaching some of you saying, look, I need you to get involved. I need you to start being part of this ministry. I need you to start getting prepared for camp because you're going to go to camp this morning. Sean and Troy Kirby, they have a unique testimony about that. Troy Kirby, I think he spent like 20 sick days, sick days, at camp last year. So he tried, it was something he was uncomfortable with and what's so neat is he followed through with it and now he's hooked. Camp is Troy Kirby's heroin. <laughs> he can't get off of it. He can't stop. And, 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 trying to and trying to disqualify himself, Moses is really receiving a lesson in God's grace and God's power. And says, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how, how, fall, how, how far short you are from what I'm needing. I'm going to be there with you. I'm going to give you the power. It's not going to be through your power, Moses. It's not going to be through anything of your ability, Moses. It's going to be through mine. Understand that. Recognize that. 
Because I think all too often, you and I, we, we try to disqualify ourselves. I try to do it all the time. No, I'm not very good. I don't know anything about that. Don't want to. It's like what Pastor Mark says, a rubber band's useless unless it gets stretched. Where we see problems, where we see things are going to be problematic with following through, God sees potential. Let's jump over to chapter 4. I told you I was going to be using a lot of scripture this morning. I'm no Brian Fuller. I can't just do one verse. Chapter 4, verse 1. Moses answered, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice. For they will say, the Lord did not appear to you. And the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? And he said, a staff. And he said, throw it on the ground. Listen, there will always be excuses to get out of what, what God is, is, is leading you to do, what, what God is calling you to do. And we can lie, we can bury it, and, and believe, believe you me, I, I speak from experience, burying it down when I know God is calling me to do something, trying to bury that and, and hide that away, it's not enjoyable. Moses says, why me? How am I supposed to have a conversation with people about this stuff? Don't forget, God, I've done these things. Here's my past. Here's my reputation. And what I think is neat is that God never once in this conversation mentions anything about Moses' past. And that speaks wonders for, for you and I because that, that shows us that God is not really concerned with the sins of yesterday. He's concerned with the path of today. He's concerned with the direction our lives are heading today. He's looking into the future. He's not looking back at the past. And I know so often we get tied up in that. We get tangled up in looking at what we've done and who we are and the name that we've made for ourselves, whether that's good or bad. But God is not concerned with that. Why me? How am I supposed to have a conversation with people? God, I'm not even sure what to call you. Moses has all sorts of silly excuses that he goes through. I can't speak well. I've used that one time and time again. That is a tried and true, but God doesn't care. Believe you me. You know, me and Moses are in that so same boat there. Moses really wasn't selling himself for this position. He was trying to get out of it. I, had a, uh, I have a buddy from high school. His name's Ben. And during high school, Ben was trying to get a job. We were all trying to get jobs because we thought we could get the money and then you can get the car and then you can get the girls. That was, our, that was how it, things progressed in our mind. You get the job, get money, car, girlfriend. Right there. Um, ben, super nice guy. He was, um, he was just kind of an awkward kid. He was, he was real, and I can say this because before I got fat, I was real lanky. He was lanky and he had an afro. And Ben, he, he applied for the stock the stock boy position at this grocery store. And they're going through the, um, they're going through the interview process. And Ben, according to Ben, it was going great. He's like, I had it. The job was pretty much in my hand. And then they get to the end where they start, you know, kind of reading off the things. Are you okay with carrying this? Are you okay with performing this? And they get to the part where they say, are you okay with uh, holding 50 pounds for extended periods of time. And Ben, he had, I don't know what he was thinking, he had stayed up the night before playing video games or something. Ben, you ever have a moment where you're awkwardly honest and you shouldn't be? <laughs> ben just blurts out, he says, I'm not very strong. He didn't get the job. 
Poor Ben. He learned. He learned a valuable lesson. Moses, Moses was learning the lesson. It's not, it's not my power. It's not me that's going to be doing this. I'm just, I'm just going to be an instrument for God to use in bringing about freedom to these people. Paul writes in uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 16, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. You see, the, the power to do big things, the power to do big things in eternity doesn't come from you and I. It doesn't come from how much scripture you've read or anything like that. It comes from God. It originates with God. You're just, you're just the vehicle. You're just the instrument that he's using in that. And if you think about it, it's kind of like a firework. You ever get them M80s? Yeah? Any men? Yeah? Why I'm thinking this, Wayne City is the only town I've ever lived in where people are obsessed with burning leaves out of their ditches. There, I said it. They're obsessed with it. They're, they're all torch bugs. But it's, it's kind of like kind of like a firework. I've seen God do big things. And, I, and this past week, I've been talking to some of our staff members around here that have been around much longer than I have and learning kind of the history of Orchardville Church. See, I had no idea that the, uh, the entryway over there at the coffee shop, that that used to be kind of a, a little drive, drive-through area where you drop people off. I had no idea. But I think I think God requires ordinary people doing ordinary things, but being faithful. And I think, I think you see the power of God through that and how mighty he is and, and how, how wonderful he can work through those things. It wasn't when Moses was royalty. It was when he was just simply being a shepherd, when he was just simply being obedient. God was doing the big things. It doesn't come from you. It doesn't come from, it doesn't come from me. It doesn't come from, from any preacher or any missionary. It can only come from God. Now, now Moses learned that it wasn't going to be by his power, but it was certainly going to be by God's power, and God's will was going to be accomplished. All Moses had to do was, was sit back and be obedient. Now, that's, that's tough, and that's, that's easier said than done, but Moses had to be obedient. You and I have to be obedient if we're wanting to see God's will done in our lives, wanting to see it happen. For 400 years, the people had been slaves. It had become the norm for that generation. And now, in, in, this, in this generation, we see, we see whole families, we see whole communities, whole neighborhoods, cities, towns. We even see a whole nation. It's the normal thing to turn away from God. Following God is not the popular thing. It's the silly thing. People look down on it. It doesn't have to be this way. You say, well, Logan, I'm just one person. What can I do? It's not what you can do. It's what God can do through you. It's the point I'm trying to make. It's not through you, so don't, don't measure up God's potential by what you're capable of because he's capable of so much more. We've seen what happens when people say yes to God. We've seen the lives renewed. We've seen relationships restored. And we've seen the chains of addiction broken. We've seen wonderful, amazing things that God can do. When we simply say yes to God and we follow through. There in verse 2 of chapter 4, the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? And he said, A staff. And he said, Throw it on the ground. Now, 
the shepherd staff, I mean, shepherds, you're not a mechanic, so you don't have a whole lot of tools. You just, this is about it right here. You know, you have the shirt on your back, and then you have your, your staff there, and the staff, you know, serve multiple purposes. I guess if you get tired or something, you can kind of lean on it, or you have some predators come up, you can fight them off, or you can, as you're moving your, your flock, you can, you know, kind of give them a little nudge in a direction. But I want you to think about, for Moses, he had made this, he had made this new life for himself, and there he was, he was a shepherd, and that was the life. That, is, that was the life that he had decided on, and he said, I'm settled in this. I'm Moses, the shepherd. And that was it. He had a staff, and that was it. And you kind of look at that, and, his, and that staff really represents everything that Moses was up to that point. That represented his past, the things that had led him to there, the decisions that he had made. That represented who he was. And I think, I think that when he threw that down, I think we, we can too easily read over that and say, yeah, he threw it down, it became a serpent, and then he, he picked it back up. I think that was a tremendous thing for him to throw that down. Because he realizes, if I throw this down, if I follow through with God, if I let go with this, it's not going to be the same. Life is not going to be the same. It's going to be different. Things are going to be changed for me. My life is going to be transformed when I do this because this is who I am. This is who I've been. This is who I've worked up to being right now. And God's calling me to be something completely different. I'm no longer a formal royal. I'm no longer a murderer. I'm no longer Moses the shepherd. He wants me to throw it down and become something else. I think, we, I think we just look over that sometimes, and it, it seems so simple. But I don't think it was easy. I don't think it was simple for Moses. In that moment, you have to decide, am I going to be who I've always been? Am I going to be the person I've always been? Or am I going to be something more? Am I going to be what God is calling me to be? Am I going to take a position that God is calling me to take? Am I going to do something that God is moving me into? In that moment, everything was different. From then on, he picks it back up. He goes, and then most of us know the story. Life's never the same for Moses. He goes in several times to Pharaoh, pleads with him. And God starts raining down miracles in his life. Things that have never been seen in that lifetime, God starts doing. But it starts with one man's faithfulness. It starts with one woman's faithfulness. It starts with one teenager's faithfulness. There's no limit to what God can do if you'll, if you'll just yield yourself, if you'll just turn it over. And, and unfortunately, what we have a tendency to do is, is we lock on to what we are, we lock on to our life and we say, this is who I am, this is who I am and I'm comfortable with this and I'm not wanting to change. Not right now, God. I really like the way things are going. But at the same time, God says, if you want to move forward, if you want to do something for me, you're going to have to let go of who you are. You're going to have to let go of what's comfortable, what makes sense to you because the things that I'm calling you to do doesn't always make sense. 
You're going to have to let go for the change in your life. And, and ladies and gentlemen, when you finally decide to let go of that thing that you're so desperately holding on to, that staff that you're holding on to, that life that you're holding on to, the past, the regrets, the guilt that you're holding on to that has shackled you, when you let go of that, your hands are free to receive what God is ready for you to, to receive. He's ready to use you. He's ready to take you. Do things that you never would have thought would be possible. I love Orchardville Church. It, it still amazes me every time I turn around that corner there. The first time I turned around there, it was like Land of the Lost. You remember that TV show, how they had random skyscrapers out in the middle of the desert? Well, this, that's what this church was like for me. It was just, oh, that's a city church in the Amish country. <laughs> but it's amazing. Not what, God, not what, what you can do, but with God's power. Ordinary people doing ordinary things, but being faithful. Faithful to step up. Faithful to, to move out of their comfort zones. Faithful to try things that God's calling them to try, not things that you're comfortable with, because, ladies and gentlemen, I can testify, God will call you to do things that you are not comfortable with and that you are not good at. But that's, part, that's kind of part of the beautiful end of it is that you have to rely on him when he does that. I'm not good at this, but God, you're calling me to do it, and I'm going to rely on you for it. Not with your power, not with my power, with God's power. In order for you and I to receive from God, we have to let go of the things that we're holding on to, whatever that is, whatever it is that you're so desperately gripping onto, you have to let go of that in order to receive from God. If you want to change from God in your life, you're going to have to let go the decisions of your past, your reputation, if it's holding you down from God, you're going to have to let go of it. And when you take that first step, when you take that, that first breath afterwards, things are so different. And if you've, if you've, never, if you've never been saved, that is, that is it right there for you. If you've never been saved, if you've never accepted Jesus in your life, that's it. Letting go of that. Turning it over. Jesus, I want to receive you. Come into my heart. Make me new. Bring me to life. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I urge you, I challenge you to begin letting go for a change. You want change in your life. You want God to do change in your life. You are going to have to let go. Loosen up them fingers. Let go of it. Let God take control and see what wonderful things he can do in your life, in your family's life. You know, the neat thing about, I'll just say it, the neat thing about bodybuilders is I'll look this up because I want to know what you can do to eat the most because I'm more interested in eating than I am working out. Bodybuilders can, on average, they can eat like 5,000 calories a day. And that is amazing. That's like Ryan's three times a day. But because of that, they're able to, they're able to lift tremendous amounts. They're able to, to do tremendous amounts of weight. They're gigantic. They look pretty cool most of the time. But I translate that to, to my spiritual life. When I pour, when I, when I feed myself, when I continually feed myself, 
I'm able to, to better feed others. I'm able to better feed my family. I'm able to do the bigger things because I've put more taking care of myself. Spills over. If you would all stand with me this morning. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, Lord, we love you. God, I want to I do things for you. I want to live my life for you, Lord. Not, not for any form of, of honor or any form of glory for myself, Lord, but, but Lord, I just want to live a life of obedience. And Lord, I pray for, for each and every person in this room right now, Lord, that, that Lord, that they would look at themselves in that, in that same light and say, you know what? I need to follow. I need to be obedient. And Lord, if, there, if there's people in here today, Lord, that, that they're holding on, they're holding on to things in their life. They're holding on to, to past decisions. They're holding on to past guilt. They're holding on to the reputation that they've built for themselves, whether bad or good. God, I pray that you would, that you would urge them to let go of that, Lord. Let go of it and receive something that you are ready to give them, Lord. That we would all be moving forward, Lord. That we'd be letting go for a change in our life. We'd be following you, being faithful. Lord, bless those that come right now. Lord, that, that have prayer requests, that have prayer needs. Lord, have your hand on them as we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.